This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And a good morning on this rather cloudy Saturday, but nonetheless, we're going to bring a little sunshine to your hearts. We Special are. Special guest Charlie I was we have. just going to say, we yeah. have a very cheerful, charming guest, Caroline DeVries. Look at her, <laughs> smiling. Hey, hey. And a special hello to Peter in Belgium. Oh, stop. And you sent me a, a wonderful uh, email. I know. <laughs> sent it to me, and I forwarded it to you, and then yeah. I couldn't sleep last night. I felt so guilty. <laughs> <sighs> Well, explain why. All right, all right. Well, now that we've mentioned it, Peter Hume, hello. <laughs> Thank you for your thoughts. Uh, Peter is a, 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 a constant listener of the show through the podcast. He's a resident uh, in Belgium. I'm not sure exactly where. But anyway, he just sent this quick email. says he loves the show, listens to the podcast every week. But he heard me teasing Frank. And he was reminded of his older sisters teasing him when he was a lad. Of course, uh, you know, we, he recognizes that we went for breakfast afterwards and we laughed it all off. But he just wanted to put pen to paper and put his five cents worth in. <laughs> and, and did he ever. Did he ever. Never. Frank has achieved what few can. He makes friends anywhere. <laughs> That's true. Frank is so friendly. Frank is everybody's friend. Frank is able to make programs flow nicely no matter what the heck is going on. We hear him in the background constantly adding helpful comments. Maybe Frank is in the wrong job. He should be working for the United Nations, making peace worldwide. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. I know. His head is now so big, he's never going to get out of the studio. But the nice thing is that Caroline gave me a little kiss on the cheek. So, yeah. Peter, you see, I'm being treated Carolyn very Carolyn did, or again. I did. Oh, oh Carolyn did. So, yes. Or Caroline, my mistake. Caroline. Yeah, so <laughs> you have a friend here in the studio. Maybe not there me, but our special guest. Okay. Caroline oh, represents yeah. trade winds. I just want to mention, she's the bulb lady. So, you've got bulb questions. Give us a call at... Okay, I'll give you the numbers <laughs> right now. In Toronto, call 416-360-0740. And then anywhere in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Please remember our little mantra, call early, call often, one question per call. And, oh yeah, if you're a first-time caller, let Sebastian know. And uh, what you will hear when you come to the air is this. Yeah, first-time yeah, callers. Garden wings. Got your garden wings. Okay. Garden wings. Okay, a couple of quick and dirty things going on. Today, the Agent Court Garden Club holding their friendly competition. There's a tea room on site from 2 to 4.30. Uh, they're a very fun group. So if you need to, some cheering up after the show, check out the Agent Court Garden Club. Open to everybody at the Knox United Christian Education Center, 2575 Midland Avenue. Tomorrow, the Hamilton and Burlington Rose Society is meeting 2 o'clock at the Royal Botanical Gardens. Everyone is invited. Again, no entrance fee. Tomorrow as well at the Toronto Botanical Gardens, the Ontario Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society meets. Hold on. Is that right? Yeah, that is right. Um, It is tomorrow. (laughs) 
I know. Frank loves it when I get all my announcements mixed up. I can see I send people to all kinds of places on the wrong day, right? No, it's tomorrow. Toronto Botanical Gardens, of course, Leslie and Lawrence, 12.30 to 4 p.m. And they're a fun group, too. The Ontario Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society, they're, like, so nerdy. But they're so they, – they I love it. They have really great collections of plants. Like, they're just detail people. So you can learn a lot from them. This coming up Tuesday, September 13th, the Scarborough Garden and Hort Society holding their general meeting and a free presentation on indoor salad gardening. Free kits are being given out by organic master gardener Keith De Silva. Everyone, of course, is welcome. There's refreshments. Scarborough Village Community Centre, 3600 Kingston Road in Markham. Wednesday, September 14th, 7.30 p.m. in the Burlington Senior Centre, 2285 New Street at Drury Lane in Burlington. Of course, it's the Burlington Hort Society meeting with speaker Colin Casson. He's an invasive plant ecologist. He's going to talk about using native plant species to protect against problematic invasive garden plants. Hmm, that's a good idea. Um, and the rest I can save for the following week. Oh, wait a minute. Is this one coming up soon? September 10th. So that is today. Better do this one. Today (laughs) and tomorrow, the Hamilton Dahlia Society is meeting at the Royal Botanical Gardens. Oh, look at you. Oop, you love your dahlias? I love dahlias. Oh, I know. They're gorgeous. So this is in the atrium at the Royal Botanical Gardens. Of course, that's on Plains Road in Burlington. What's neat about the the Dahlia Society meeting is they're featuring 26 floral designs, all competing, of course. Friendly competition. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There is a... You do need to pay entry to the RBG to get into the atrium. Open today 1 to 8, but tomorrow 10 to 3, the blooms are auctioned off. So that's always a big hit. Get yourself some cool bulbs. There you go. Speaking of bulbs, we're going to be back with Caroline in a little bit here to talk about her business of supplying bulbs all over the place. That's right. Yeah, and these are the ones she imports from Holland. She's going to tell us all about what she does and the kind of quality and gorgeous plants she brings in. Absolutely, and a number of folks waiting online to talk to you, Charlie. So we'll take a little break here and come back shortly here on The Garden Show from Zuma Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Charlie, yours truly, Frankie, and, of course, Caroline. Delighted nice. you could join us this morning. We're going to take a couple of phone calls. All right. Then come back and talk to uh, Caroline about her uh, wonderful her business. FlowerBulbsAreUs.com yep. business. Got it. Maureen in Grimsby, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good morning to both of you. Good morning. Okay. I have an area about, I say, 8 to 10 feet along where I had planted some cedars quite a few years ago. To, to make sort of a privacy on on one side of my patio. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just came back this week from Italy. Oh, I'm jealous, yeah. And <laughs> I am absolutely fascinated by the cypress trees. Oh, yeah. The shape. They don't Can grow- I reshape oh. my cedars? Have you trimmed them at all over the years? Uh, just to shorten them. Okay, and they, do you have any idea what kind of cedar they are? are? They like a native cedar, a white cedar, black cedar kind of cedar? Oh my goodness, they're the ones that you get at the lumber yard. Oh, so the ones that sort of have uh, some. They have like a, a double trunk. The second one comes in, and then they spread out nicely. Hmm. Okay, the ones that we're really seeing a lot. How many years ago did you get these? Oh, uh, about 
seven, eight years ago? Because <clears throat> the cedars we're seeing a lot of in the last 10 years or so are what are called the emerald cedars. That's it. And that is likely what you've got. Yeah. And when they're shipped out of the West Coast where they're all grown, they are quite narrow and they're very, very bright green. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're thinking, could you, instead of making them a hedge, could yes. you go back and trim them as individuals? How close do you have them planted together? Well, they are joining each other now. Right. But yes. what's the distance when, when you planted them? Uh, whatever they told me to do. Was it 18 inches, 2 feet, something like that? Mm. So you can, but you don't start doing that trimming now. Oh. What, I, what I would do, if you want to try and, and get, get to that Italian look of those right. beautiful narrow cypress mm-hmm. stands uh, in June next year when the cedars are actively growing, so okay. we've got active growing going on all around our gardens, get out your shears, pretend yes. you're Edward Scissorhands, get out there and, and do that shaping and just... Um, um, if you cut a cedar back so far that you take away all the green and you're down to just bare wood, yes. you will regret it because new growth is unlikely to sprout. So you can only take the green back to the the to green. Yes, <laughs> don't take, don't go beyond. Uh, right. So that's as narrow as you can get. So depending on how fat and juicy they are right now, that will be your limiting factor in terms of trimming. Okay. The only other option, which my son was going to come and shorten them mm-hmm. this weekend, mm-hmm. so that would be the other option to just keep them as a hedge. Yeah, exactly. And remember, when you take the tops off, you encourage width, width. and yeah. when you take width off, you encourage the height. height. Exactly. Right. Okay. Good stuff. Okay. There you go. <laughs> All <decide>. right. <laughs> yeah. we got I originally wanted them for privacy uh-huh. because we have no fence between our two properties. Right. But then I found out my neighbors never use their backyard only to cut the grass. Oh, well, there you go. So but I don't you, need the privacy anymore. But you know what? Cedars do provide wonderful habitat for birds oh, yeah. and all kinds of insects. So, I mean, it's, you know what? Plants are good. <laughs> don't take them out. Okay, okay. Maureen, I, I think Charlie's been able to help you out there. My Thanks. gosh. Knew exactly what you were talking about. What what kind of cedar? That oh, was I'm going to show thin you air, that. I'll tell you. Oh, I'm going to show you what the cypress look like that oh, she's trying all to right. achieve. Meantime, we're yep. going to scoot out to Scarborough. Got it. There's Wanda. Good morning, Wanda. Welcome to the Garden Show. Thank you. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. Good morning. The uh, September ever bearing. In August, they seem to grow another three feet. Mm-hmm. Some of them have the fruit coming, and some are just branches. Mm-hmm. Can I cut those branches down by about three th- feet? Third, you can. Of course, you don't want to cut down anything that's bearing now. No, no, not but, bearing. But usually, the way it works with raspberries is once um, it, uh, one of the canes has borne fruit, then it is time to cut down. Okay. So now, for sure, if you see canes that are not showing flowering or fruiting and particularly have already fruited, definitely you can take them down by a third. And do you fertilize them in the spring? All or the spring? In the spring. In the spring. Uh, or it's what it, it depending if you're going to fertilize with say composted manure uh, as a amendment, a soil amendment, you could do that fall or spring. If you're going to go out there with miracle grow or some kind of a, a water soluble, I would do that in the spring. Okie doke. Yes, thank you very much for taking my call. Well, Our thank pleasure. you, Wanda. 
Nice to have you with us See, here. Our pleasure. See, well, I'm I'm giving you credit. Thank you, Peter. Are you listening? I'm giving Frank <laughs> credit. It's our pleasure. <laughs> okay, me. let's hear a little bit from Caroline. Okay. I want to hear. About... We have to take a little break oh, first. Break, we're just at break, the break, break time, break. and I want to kind of pre-warn, or at least say hi to Joan, who's patiently waiting on the line from St. Catharines, a first-time caller. Just hang in there. We'll get to you, Joan. But we do want to come back and talk to Caroline DeVries, uh, who has a wonderful business called Flower Bowl. Bulbsareus.com. It's an online business where she sells bulbs. We're going to talk a little bit about that and mm-hmm. let you know more. And about why that. you need to know about it now. Exactly. Okay. Back in just a couple of moments here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And uh, the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, here, uh, letting... Charlie, uh, who is the boss here, mm. uh, introduce our special guest properly. Okay. But I'm going to start with a quick question. Uh, Caroline, when you're out planting bulbs, are you ever sore afterwards? You like hips, knees, elbows, ankles? Yes, but I have a solution. <laughs> what's, it's so do- what's, Oh, what is that? What's your solution? Instead of taking the Tylenol and the wine afterwards. Oh, I know you what you're going to say. Take it prior <laughs> and you're it. very flexible <laughs> and you feel no and you feel no pain. I love it. Well, that's how I that's how I pull weeds out of the garden with my bottle of wine. First. Wine oh, bag okay. and all, yeah. Well, here's something you might want to try okay. if for some reason, you know, after you've done your ball planting, you have to drive somewhere and you can't do all that wine beforehand. Uh, both Frank and I uh, take something called Sierra Cell, which is a completely natural mineral supplement. It's all about joint. You know, grease is the joints, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Keeps us supple so we can get down and plant bulbs and get back up and not squeak with pain. But then if those muscles are sore, there's a topical spray, which is very wonderful oh, as well. Oh, give me fragrance some I know, I should have brought you a sample of that because that is just that topical spray. Yeah. It's, it, it goes, it's oils. It's like lavender and rosemary and all these lovely oils. You spray it on and rub it. It warms up. Oh. And it, it smells amazing. And, of course, Frank's line is... Well, uh, yeah, you smell like you've just fallen out of a pine tree, really. I know, <laughs> which sounds like it would hurt. But anyway, uh, so for more information, yeah. if you're interested in Sierra Sil, check them on the web or give them a call, one eight seven seven joint 14 S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. All right. All right. Um, okay, so, Caroline, I asked you while we are on the break... We haven't had this question come up on the, from a caller yet, but we've had this question before. You are a bulb expert. You've been importing and planting and designing with bulbs for 25-plus years. Right. So what about the pesky squirrels? Now, you've come up with an incredible design. You've planted all these things. But next spring, what, what ensures that it looks as great as it did on paper back in the fall? Okay. I guess with the tasty... Um to tasty ones being crocus and the and the tulips and some of the minor bulbs. They leave um, the dafts and the mm-hmm. alliums alone. I always wire or uh, I put netting down. Over the oh, bulbs. Yes. Now with, and soil on top. Yeah. Now with tulips, sometimes as in the landscape industry, we get away with planting without wiring them if you plant them very late, just before the uh, freeze up. Yeah. But you can't do that with the minor bulbs they, and the daffodils. They have to get in early. But right. You you have to wire and and I put down, I put down um, hen manure, I put down oh, yeah. blood and bone meal to repel. But into the holes when you're planting. But if it doesn't freeze up in Toronto, if it doesn't freeze up till after Christmas, mm-hmm. you're 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 
squirrels are very, very busy. That's right. Moving around. I mean, they often replant. The problem is they just plant it not where I planted it. (laughs) They don't don't really eat them. No. But uh, it's just their nature. So um, get some netting, and I I take a a wire hanger and cut it and make, like, sod pins, and I pin it down. Oh, yeah. And I don't like working with chicken wire because it hurts my hands, so I'll get that netting from a Home Depot. Yeah, just where the plastic netting, the bird The protection. bird netting, yeah. and now the squirrels will eat through that, mm. so sometimes I double up. And <laughs> then um, for some of the higher-end homes that I've done, they don't want to look at chicken wire or netting at their mm-hmm. front door, so we'll put an inch of um, mushroom compost over top just mm-hmm. for the winter to hide the netting. Mm-hmm. And if you have a big enough gauge, then you don't have to pull the netting off in the spring. No, but, they just come right through. But sometimes my netting, the holes are smaller, so I'm running out there in the middle of the spring pulling it out. I but I plant about 700 in my front yard, I and know. I have lots of squirrels, but I do net. Hmm. And do you ever use any of those repellents, like scoot, or, or there's one called plant skid that's quite... Uh, well- I have in the past, but still, it's... You know what I find, too? The squirrels, if they're watching you plant and they're keeping an eye and then you go in the house to fill up your glass of wine, they go rushing out and go, what did she plant? What did she plant? And they're quickly you know, digging to so curious, right? So I always find that I try and hide what I've been doing. First of all, I try and distract them so they don't see that I'm planting bulbs. Then when I'm finished, I throw leaves. I throw rose canes. I throw, like stuff and make sure you never leave behind any of the little bulb skins, the tunicates, yeah. because they know what those are. And they know bulbs have been planted if you leave any bulb deb- debris on the surface. Sometimes I don't have time. I'll plant and I don't have time to do the wiring right then and there. I'll put actually like a crate or a mm-hmm. piece of plywood or <laughs> stones. Temporarily. Temporarily. Yeah. Now in the spring, though, they're also very busy, mm-hmm. the squirrels. And sometimes they'll decapitate your yes. tulips. And that's an urban forester told me this a long time ago. They're after the water in oh. the stem of the tulip. And it's the same with magnolias and rhododendrons. They'll decapitate your flower bud. And for the water. Just to get the water. water. Wow. So you should put pie plates of water in your garden, wow. which I do in um, March and April. Oh. And I also feed my squirrels yeah. in yeah. March and April. Distract them. Um, um, Corn or peanuts. Yeah, because they're starving. They've mm-hmm. had a hard, hard winter. Mm-hmm. But I don't put the peanuts on my garden. Mm-hmm. I put them away from my garden right. on my patio mm. or in my driveway neighbor's yard maybe <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but if but then i stop at the end of april i stop feeding right. them yeah because your bulbs are done by then well no they're or they're 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 not there's so, other food now yeah they're not so busy right oh good, good. okay uh, can we come back in a little bit and talk to caroline uh, yes. about her business but we do have some folks waiting online that we have know. to get to of course and that would be joan first time caller from st Catharines. hey joan welcome to the show Hi, good morning. Good morning. Love your show. Um, I have a question about a hydrange. I was given a little hydrange plant in the spring, mm-hmm. and it, it's it's grown about six or seven inches. There's only one bloom, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering if I should take it in for this winter and put it out again in the spring, or how would I protect it for the winter? So were you given that, like, Mother's Day or Easter kind of um, time? Actually, it was when somebody was planting and they had run out of space in their garden, and oh. they gave it to me. Okay. <laughs> so May. May oh, okay, so yeah, so the reason I asked is because there are florist hydrangeas uh, raised in greenhouses and then given as gifts uh, very much around the holidays, uh, and they are 
they look very similar to the hydrangeas that are hardy that we put outdoors, mm-hmm. but often they aren't as hardy because they are really grown for the florist trade. Okay. So if you're convinced that yours was and continues to be a hardy hydrangea, it was grown outdoors, it's designed to be outdoors, I would get it in the ground before winter. Uh, well, it is in, the, like, it's been in the ground okay. all summer, and but it's it's so tiny. There's just the one bloom on it, mm-hmm, and right. it's only about seven inches high, like, from, from the ground up. It's just a little plant. It'll grow. Yeah. yeah okay. so, but what, you've got a little bit of sun, some reasonably good yes. soil, and obviously it's out of its pot in the ground. Yeah, I would just leave it alone for the winter. If you're worried that it needs a little protection for the first mm-hmm. winter, not a bad idea. Pile some leaves around it once we've had some hard frost. Leaves okay. are all brown, fall off. Leave that one flower, though, because it's, unless you're bringing it in as part of an arrangement, let it just dry on the shrub, and it's very pretty all winter, the bronzy flower or flowers. I'd pile some leaves around the the crown, over top of the crown, once we've had some hard frost. Next spring, you're going to cut the whole thing down to two inches tall. It's going to grow up twice as big next year. Wonderful. All right. Okay. Thank you for your help. (laughs) Thank you, Joel. You're welcome. And And welcome to the show is right, because um, that was a first-time caller, so don't be a stranger. All righty. I think we've heard from Mike before uh, in Kitchener. Hello, Mike. Welcome to the show. Morning. How are you this morning? Great. Uh, I have a euonymus shrub Mm -hmm. with scale on it. Mm. I've applied dormant spray in the spring to it, and it got rid of it. Now it's back again. Mm. Can I use the dormant spray on it again? Yep. Time of the year. Yep. Yep, you're going to have to. Uh, there should be, we're sort of, we're still in summer. I mean, the temperatures are summer temperatures or have been up until today. So if you look at your dormant oil container, it will have a summer dilution rate, which is not the same as your spring dilution. So follow those instructions. You're going to be putting on a lighter, uh, less oil with the water. Uh, but yes, you do need to spray. And actually, you should have been spraying starting about three weeks ago because the euonymus scale nymphs have been active and um the only time you can kill them is when the nymphs are active they are they're not protected by a shell yet okay thank all right you very much for your help get thank on you, that Mike. as soon as the rain is over today you're on that tomorrow morning okay nine thirty-two here on the garden show from zoomer radio our special guest is caroline devries who has an online business called flowerbulbsrus.com. And if you want to grab a pencil or paper uh, and pen, jot down a phone number if you're not, uh, doesn't have a computer right off the bat, uh, 1-888-890-0936. I'm fascinated uh, by your business. You've been in uh, the business, what, 25 years now? Yes. Known as the bulb lady. Mm-hmm. I think that's classic. Afraid, yeah. yeah. And how many, how many bulbs, where the heck do you get the bulbs? <laughs> The majority come from Holland, but I bring in millions and millions. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Really? You should see her garage. <laughs> no, she's got a big warehouse. Yeah. So it's an online business then, of course, and uh, folks can just pop on to flowerbulbsrus.com. You see some of the most amazing pictures. And, and it's not wow. just the hardy spring flowering mm-hmm. bulbs that Caroline brings in, which are the ones that go in the mm-hmm. ground in the fall. You also bring in a lot of beautiful amaryllis. Yes. And we get a lot of calls about amaryllis here. Yes, so we have a any great selection. Tips for some of our people that might be wanting to know, like, what's your favorite, for example? What's your favorite amaryllis? Uh, Alfresco. Oh, really? Yes, it's a double white, and it's very fragrant. Not m- many mm. amaryllis have uh, fragrance. A fragrance to them. And this one is, it's, it's two, three stems. It's a beauty. 
Alfresco. Uh, Alfresco. And you obviously bring that one in oh, yes. for yourself and everybody and else. And I have my own private stash at work and no one's allowed to touch it. <laughs> and by the end of the season, they're all gone. They've been sold. <laughs> Before you can get to them, yes. somebody's gone and sold them right underneath you. Well, there's a picture online. Look how pretty oh, that is. Oh, my gosh. Very yeah. elegant. Yep. I like the fact that it's fragrant. This would be a perfect time. If anyone has a question about bulbs, we've got the special guest today, Caroline DeVries, who can answer that. But let's go back to the line and pick up what maybe Audrey has on her mind out in Brampton. Good morning, Audrey. Welcome to the show. Hello, Audrey. Hello. Good yep. morning. Hello. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, hello. I want to know how, uh, what you do with rose hips this time of the year. What would you like to do with them? Uh, I don't know if we cut them down or... No, unless you're going to cook something with them, because remember, rose hips are chock full of vitamin C. So you can, make, you can dry them and make rose hip tea. You yeah. can get fancy and make rose hip jelly or jam. Or yeah. you can just leave them on the roses. Uh, uh-huh. They'll turn bright red as the temperatures start to cool down, and the birds will come and eat them as the season continues. So don't take them off unless you're planning to do something with them. Oh, so just leave them? Yeah. We don't have to cut them off? Not at all. They're quite ornamental. Oh, thank you so much. You're very welcome. Your show is great. I listen to it every week. Oh, thank that's you. great. You've got wonderful taste. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I once made rosehip jam yeah. and it's the most disgusting stuff in the world. Oh, really? <laughs> Did you put sugar in? A lot. I couldn't. I just kept adding sugar, trying to make it better. It was not good. <laughs> Thank you, Strawberry. For admitting that lousy cook that she is. Hey, what? I needed something. To, that's when I lived up in the Yukon, right? I, you know, we were short on entertainments. There was lots of roses and lots of rose hips. What's going on in Bob Cajun this morning? Astrid, hi, and welcome to the show. Yes. Good morning to both of you. Good morning. I uh, have a beautiful hibiscus tree. Mm-hmm. It's uh, three plants in one, mm-hmm. and it has given me lots and lots of flowers since Mother's Day. Nice. And stands on my deck, mm-hmm. and it's facing southeast. Mm-hmm. My question is, how do I take care of it when it's time to bring it inside? Okay, this is a great question and a very timely one. Yes, indeed. You want to save that plant. You want to get it indoors before frost, before we you know, get anything happening. It's too cold. So to prepare for that, starting even today, I would be moving that plant out of that southeastern location, get it into some less light, so maybe just straight east or swing it around a bit to the north. So you're going to lower the light levels for the next two weeks while it's still outdoors. Mm-hmm. That's going to help prepare it for the going in. Because mm-hmm. you never have enough light indoors compared to what you've had outdoors. Absolutely. You're going to continue to water as necessary. And after about two weeks, you are going to set aside a couple of hours to make up a soap and water solution. You're going to spray the plant with soap and water just to make sure there's no spiders and stuff on it. If you want to give it a real soil drench with mm-hmm. straight water to wash out any of the earwigs or sow bugs that have made a little bit of a nest for the summer in the soil. So you're going to have a nice clean plant. No no bugs in the soil, no bugs on the plant. Nice clean wash off of all your soaps. Drip dry outside and then inside to the brightest location you've got, preferably a southern patio window, something like that, and it'll keep flowering all winter. Gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. And uh, the, the container that it's in, it's about one and a half feet high. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, so I don't have to do anything with that? No, no, now would not be an optimal time to transplant a hibiscus unless you've got a lot of roots growing out of the bottom of the planter or container. I would leave it in the pot it's in. And if you need to do some transplanting next spring, that's fine. But for now, it's just really a matter of cleaning it up and freshening it up to come into the house. Okay, and um, and um, it obviously needed lots and lots of water. Mm-hmm. It'll need less once you bring it in because it'll be yeah. less light and obviously less wind and lower temperatures. You'll find it'll use less water, so you've got to be careful to not overwater in the winter. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank Thanks you. for your call. Yes, indeed. Look, yeah. we're getting some great calls here. We've got somebody on the line wants to know about planting bulbs at the cottage. Well, let's and... maybe, we can take that call first. Can we do that? Sure. Sure. Uh, that, uh, Sebastian, can we go to... Uh, we also have one on Amaryllis. Yep. Rita in Richmond Hill. Good Hi. morning. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. A short question. I keep bugging you guys, but I love your show. I, want, I got quite a few bulbs from Loblaws in pots, and I took them out, dried them, kept them in a cool, dark spot. Now, I want to take them up to the cottage and plant them. When is a good time to take them up there and then plant them? Caroline, go. I would say now, or, well, where, how far up north are you? Minden, Minden. Oh, okay. So end of September, um, you should put them in and make sure you water them well. It's the been... only thing is I won't... Yeah, you mean water them when I put them in yes. because I won't be up there yes. to stay with them? Mm-hmm. Yes, water them well right. because it's been a very, very dry summer. Right. Um, they have been um, forced in a greenhouse, so they may not be as strong as a daffodil you would buy now that right. just came out of a field in Holland in July. So right. I don't know if it was fed after it was finished flowering. Did you feed the plants? Did you... It t- I just let the bulbs dry out and then I put them in a bag. Okay. Um, I did this quite a few quite a few years ago. They have bloomed, mm-hmm. but I never bought them from Loblaws before and done this. Oh, Loblaws is store. a good company. Mm-hmm. I, I supplied them with I the flower bulbs. I was going to say. Oh, <laughs> see all the bulbs I got. Wow. I got, I got everything. Nice. You know, they were real cheap, and I just said, oh, I'll give you a home, and I took them all. Yeah, good. So, no, I, I think you should have six. I go down? Pardon? How many inches do you want me to go down? Six inches um, deep, about uh, depending on the size. If they're smaller daffodils, about four inches apart. And make sure you water them. But in the spring, after they finish blooming, give them fertilizer if you want them to continue to on. fatten up. And remember, leave the leaves on them next spring to also fatten up. Yeah, just like you did with them dying in the pot. You have to let them die down. Yeah, right, right. At the okay. cottage. Great. Thank you, Rita. Thanks. Thanks. So much. Thank All you. Right. Have a lovely weekend. Bye-bye. You too. Thank you very much. And here we are at 940, mm-hmm. almost 941 as a matter of fact, on this Saturday morning from The Garden Show. Our special guest is Caroline DeVries of flowerbulbsareus.com. We'll be back to cover uh, more questions for Caroline and including uh, Jerry, um, he's got a question regarding his his lawn. Uh, we'll be answering. Will be answering. <laughs> <clears throat> shall I say, Charlie? Shall be answering that uh, in just a <laughs> but moment. But you know yeah. a lot about lawns too. Oh, now I do. After yeah. listening to you for you the last what, the, nine years, the nematode king. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to be back in just a moment here on Zoomer Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Indeed, here we are once again. 
uh, from Zoomer Radio, the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village, as I a matter know. of fact. And look, the sun is peeking out. It's uh, quite goodness, a lovely yes. day. There's Jerry and just around the corner here in Toronto. Mm. Hi, Jerry. Welcome to the good, show. Good morning, guys. Morning. Hey, listen, Charlie, mm. I've got something about helping your lawn that you've never learned at Guelph University or Charlie in all years you've never learned about on your lawn. What's that? Is that you spray, starting this time of the year, mm-hmm. you spray beer on your lawn. Oh, my husband <laughs> will like that. Oh, that's wasteful. Oh, sounds like a waste of beer. Exactly. <laughs> oh, you see, because the, the thing is, when they start, when, see, it'll, it'll keep you from growing or, or cutting your grass next spring, because you know why? Why? It'll grow half cut. It'll come up half cut. Oh, Oh, my Lord. That sounds like one I'd use. That's a Frank friend. You must know Frank. (laughs) Jerry, that that was, and that was it. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for that, I was actually thinking, boy, the wasps would go nuts if you sprayed beer on the lawn right now. (laughs) I just thought of the cost involved. Gods. Well. All right, let's go. All right. June in uh, Goddard. Goddard. Yes, good morning and welcome. Good morning. Good morning. I have a question about amaryllis bulbs. Mm-hmm. Um, I have several, and I put them outside for the summer. Mm-hmm. And last year, most of them bloomed during the summer and in the winter. Mm-hmm. But this year, I have only three blooming, and they're blooming right now. Mm-hmm. I've put the others in a cool, dark spot for the winter to bring them up in maybe November, December. But I was just wondering how long I should leave these before I put them into a cool, dark place because they're blooming right now. Blooming now. What do you think, Caroline? I have amaryllis in my garden. I leave them there all summer. Um, I don't take them out till the first frost, you know, hits them. That forces them to go dormant. Yes, and it's the cold um, temperatures that set the flower in the bulb. So what they do in Holland is they harvest all the... um, amaryllis, clean them up, put them in the cooler, and then they drop the temperature for one evening Hmm. to set the flower. Hmm. So I would just leave the the ones you have now in your garden, let them flower, cut the flower off once it's finished flowering, and let it just let it do its thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then wait for that first, you know, that white covering you get on your lawn in the morning, that first hit. The leaves go all wilty, cut the leaves off, um, Take it out, clean it up, and let it stay dormant in a cool spot like you're doing now for another four to six weeks, and then try to plant them up mm. or plant okay. them up. Yeah, so they could be flowering again for Christmas, or well, but maybe maybe after Christmas. Yeah, I would say in the and winter time. Probably should she be feeding them right now? Do you think? Um, They're flowering. Now. I usually, um, yeah, I usually. Feed I stop after. feeding now because it, it's starting to become the fall. You want right. to, them to go into dormancy. That's right. So I would say... Don't encourage them to grow. Yeah, to get... I would say with this particular one or situation, I wouldn't feed yeah, them. Yeah, you wouldn't. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Well, okay. good luck. Uh, please let us know how that all works out. Yeah. I will. Thank you very Thanks, much. Thanks, June. Thinking of uh, Godbridge up there in Lake Huron, uh, one of the uh, most beautiful spots to I catch know. a sunset. Really, yeah, oh, true. Along that shoreline, and one yeah. of the prettiest towns. They're pretty yep. proud of how pretty their town is. Indeed. Uh, John, in St. Catharines, the Garden City. Hello, good morning. Good morning, how are you guys? Good morning. Good. Yeah, go ahead. My question is, um, I've tried to grow radishes for three years. I get tops and I get a long red root, but I don't get a radish. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> hmm. Okay, what kind of, in St. Catharines, what kind of soil have you got? 
Oh, well, I, well, I made a new garden this year, and I went and bought bags of uh, triple mix. Mm-hmm. And that's what I planted it in. I didn't add anything to it. So you get a long, narrow radish. You don't get a fat, juicy I, one. It's just a root. It, it, oh. it's, I guess you can call it a red radish, but it's a red root. Wow. And you're purchasing fresh seed? Yes. And they're obviously germinating no problem. So I was going to say, sometimes if we soak the seed, yes, it'll... and I don't crowd them. I, I, I plant them individually, you know, a half inch, an inch apart. Mm-hmm. They grow well, but they, but they don't form a radish. And have you, do you water much? Oh, yeah, steady. Hmm. How steady? Like every day? Every day. Mm. Sounds like a bit too much water. Uh, uh, you know what? That's a good one. I, I mean, there are different varieties of radish. There's, all, you know, oblong right, ones yeah. and, you know, but the ones you're purchasing are obviously the cherry bell or whatever they're called, the round. That's right. Yeah, the round red ones, yeah. cherry bells. What's that? Do you think the soil's too heavy? Well, triple mix on its own can be a, a bit on the heavy side, but it sounds like this is a new garden this year, and then the last garden obviously wasn't the same pure triple mix. Um, yeah, that's a that's a bit of a puzzle to me. Perhaps one of our listeners has a thought, and in the meantime, I'll scribble myself a note and see if I can report back on what might be going on that's stopping those radish roots from really expanding. Hey, congratulations, John. One of the very few times I've seen Charlie stumped. My gosh. Way to go. I'm, I'm sorry I did it. I wanted to get an yeah, answer. I know. Well, she'll do her proper homework, as she always promises and always does. Okay. I All really right. appreciate the help. Thank okay, you. Thank you. Just, we're going to take a little bit of a break here and come back to talk to a lovely lady in Bob Cajun. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And uh, for the first time this morning, it suddenly dawned on me, maybe I should be giving out your email address here okay. already. So I'll do that, and then we're going to get back and have a chat with Caroline after talking to Elaine. But here's, here's Charlie's uh, email address, c.dobbin, D-O-B-B-I-N, at mzmedia.com. Elaine in Bob Cajun, you're on. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning. And I hope that you may have given me a little bit of encouragement about the dormant oil spray. Mm-hmm. That is it possible that it could be good against mealybugs? Uh, okay, so now I have a grapefruit tree, and it's uh, over forty years old. I take it outside in the summer. Mm-hmm. That seems to get rid of the mealybug. I bring it inside, mm-hmm. and somehow. Every through the winter, it gets it, and I'm I just feel so helpless about it. Even if I use those insecticidal soaps, yeah. I use garlic and red yeah. pepper spray. But this idea, maybe, yeah. of giving it a spray with the dormant oil before I bring it in, what do you think? Do you see evidence of mealybug now on the plant? No. No. So what's happening is they are dormant. They are um, fast asleep, whether they're in the soil or they're in the fine, fine little cracks and crannies in the bark of the grapefruit tree. Uh, I would say, frankly, of course, it'd be very important that you get that grapefruit tree out of the sun if you're going to do any spraying with the horticultural oil. Also, again, with the summer uh, dilution rate. Keep okay. the plant in the shade, spray it, let the oil sit for about three or four hours, wash the oil off. 
and realize that during the winter, as your house gets drier and drier and the humidity levels go lower and lower, the temperatures get colder and colder, the mealybug wakes up because it loves that situation and that's why you're, it's evident in your in your home later in the winter. So bottom line is mist, 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 get a humidifier, do whatever you can to raise the humidity around the grapefruit tree in the house during the winter, and you're less likely to see the mealybug as well. Oh, thanks so much, Charlie. Thanks, I've Elaine. only had one grapefruit off it in all those years, but it was delicious. Excellent. <laughs> Good stuff. Good st- <laughs> thank okay, you. thank you. Okay, uh, Elaine, take care of Bob Cajun for us. Yeah. Meantime, uh, taking care of the bulbs and such is I Caroline know. DeVries, our well, special guest. And I want to mention Caroline's um, website. It's Flower Bulbs Are Us, all one word. And, of course, it's just the letter R for R us, dot com. There's a phone number as well, one triple eight. Eight nine zero zero nine three six. Caroline brings in uh, how many millions of bulbs? Too many. Too many. <laughs> too many to count. Wow. So all the way from Holland, and yeah, of course you've been to Holland, obviously, and seen them coming up out of the ground and all that's so cool. And so these all come in dormant. They're fresh. The quality is excellent, and you've got them in cool storage where you when you receive them in. Well, it's not. No, it's it's. Just regular room temperature. Regular 70 degrees, Mm -hmm. or or, excuse me, uh, 21 degrees, Mm -hmm. 20. Yeah, just with with the doors open. They need ventilation. All bulbs need ventilation. Mm -hmm. So you can put them in your garage. Don't open up the box. Open up the bag. Uh, You'll notice the the bulbs you buy in the store, their little plastic bags all have holes in them. It's all about keeping the airflow when you store them. Because it's live. I mean, it might be dormant, but it's it's a live material, that tissue that can get moldy and mildewy very easily. There's moisture in there, yeah. So, okay, what about the person who forgets? They buy a bunch of bulbs and then they get busy or they forget that they bought them. And now it's middle of December and they don't know what to do. What do they do? Well, if the ground isn't frozen, you still have time to plant your tulips. Okay. You can use an ice pick to plant tulips. I even know landscapers who will put tulips on frozen ground and then put six inches of soil on top. Uh, That's for tulips. Yeah. For the daffodils and a lot of the minor bulbs, that should have, they all need two to three weeks to get rooted. Mm. They wake up from their dormancy, they root, and then go to sleep again. Go to sleep yeah. again. So what I do is I, they're on on. The um, website. website, there's a little video. I take my leftovers and I have a big pot and I'm cooking with Caroline. I just mix everything up <laughs> and whatever comes up or whatever, whatever's it left over goes into the pot. Mm-hmm. And then um, same thing, six inches deep in the pot. I put topsoil. I water it really well. Um, you need to put your, your, your planter in a spot that won't freeze and thaw. Mm-hmm. Sometimes garages, your cars heat up the garage. Or the sun. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so I have mine wrapped up in a tarp. I have it in my shed. Now, two winters ago here in Toronto, when we had that really cold, they didn't work. They rotted yeah. all out. They, it they was froze. Too, they froze. Yeah. Like, well, they do freeze, but they, they, this was too, too cold. Too long of a frost, maybe. Frost, yeah. yes. <clears throat> so I've had great success, except for two years ago. <laughs> yeah, and I've done that as well. And it's I've buried the pot in my garden. So I've done it early enough where the, the ground wasn't frozen. So because I don't have a good spot to sort of put it in the winter. Okay, one more quick question. We talked about chatted about this in the break. Perennial gardens and bulbs. How how do you recommend putting those together? Well, a lot of us are working and busy, and you don't have time to do these elaborate displays of bulbs anymore. So what I say to a lot of my customers, okay, Charlie, what are your favorite colors? Mm -hmm. Pink and purple. Sure. So every year, buy a couple of dozen pink tulips, purple tulips, maybe some white daffodils, and just throw them higgly-piggly into your garden. 
And every year, do the same thing. And wherever they land, you plant them. Or you could be a little bit more organized. No, I like the disorganized. I like the randomness of kind of rolling them out there. Or if you're very organized, you could put them in clumps. But then you have no idea if that tulip was from two years ago, three Mm -hmm. years ago, or this year. So it keeps that garden alive and fresh in, in the spring and that's always you always will know you have these purple and pink tulips coming up and then as they're dying your perennials start to grow up yeah, and because, cover because yeah. when the bulbs are blooming there is no um your perennials are just coming out of mm-hmm. their dormancy mm-hmm. so as the tulips and the daffs are dying up come your um, perennials to hide the dying foliage it works like a charm thanks caroline great tips What a a treat to meet the bulb lady. Yeah, Yeah. flowerbulbsareus.com for more information. And I know Frank and I are placing our orders right after the show. You got it. Okay, I just want a quick shout out. I told you, I'm just telling everybody. I've started teaching again. I'm at Durham College. I went saw my first year class this past week at the... The um, course is called Horticulture Principles and Sustainable Practices. 18 brand new students, so big shout out to them. Homework is they're supposed to be listening to the show, so they better be listening right <laughs> Very now. Very good. And so hello to them, and thank you, Frank. Thank you so much, Charlie. And Sebastian, Caroline, your two lovely children. have been helping Sebastian in the operating room there, and to our great callers. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.